powered up. We have had to conform to a certain social game. And so we are in a constant state of competition. In terms of that competition, we can, of course, lose place. And in that sense, make mistakes. This is the secret. You can't make a mistake. Welcome, everyone, to Friends of Failure. I'm your host, Sam, and this is my co-host, Megan. Yeah. Today, I would like to introduce you to our guest, and that is Pollyanna Reed. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super excited to have you here. So we would like to start with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. I am a journalist and entrepreneur, and I'm also a millennial woman who has fought for her dreams and won. It's yes. a great title. <laughs> and uh, end podcast. That was the full episode. That was perfect. Uh, no, I love that. That was amazing. So uh, I would say that you've probably experienced failure at some point in time during this, this journey, right? I guess my first question is, is so you, you chased your dreams and you, and you got them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What are some of those dreams? I would love to hear about that. Oh, my gosh. I think that it's so important to allow your dreams to evolve. Um, some of the dreams that I had when I was a child, I have, they have, you know, become real. Um, and then some of the dreams over time, we just let die. Um, I thought I was going to be a poet at one point, right. (laughs) And I'm so far from that. So my dream today, um, that I live in real life is I'm a celebrity ghostwriter. I'm a journalist. I'm a senior reporter at Forbes and business insider. I am a content creator. I am a public speaker. I'm a mentor, which is probably one of the biggest dreams. And um, I, I color outside the lines. I don't play within limits. And honestly, I think that the most successful adults in the world are tapped into their childlike wonder. I love that. I, I recently... I mean, I, I waited until I was well into my adult years, but I started to realize the importance of constantly gaining knowledge. And that's one thing they talk a lot about is being able to tap into, there's like that essence of self that's always there from day one, right? Like day one of being born, there's an an energy that is yours, right? Your, your essence. And I, and I love that because that childlike wonder that we have when we're kids and that imagination, if you apply that in your adult life can really I guess I, w- I would say it, it really allows you to expand your consciousness uh, yeah. beyond what is kind of put into our brains, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, we're given a lot of limitations of like, you can't do this, you can't do that. Right. But if, but if you allow that, that imagination and the, to run the wild. wonder, yeah. just let it run mm-hmm. wild. You can always tell the adults <clears throat> that have suppressed that little girl or that little boy yeah. inside of them, you know, yeah. cause they're bitter, they're angry, just like naturally their energy is just like, you know, you can feel it before they even walk in the room. And like you said, you know, I think that, you know, when we're younger, you know, we're taught that we can be anything and everything we want to be. And then at a certain point, middle school, high school, we're bombarded with the fact that we now have to be more realistic. And so a lot of young adults get stuck in the gray. Um, And so that was, I mean, during those formative years, when I was on the cusp of going to college, university, um, is where I had my biggest breakdowns is when I really struggled with mental health. Um, And so my fights really stems from not really giving a fuck what anyone else thinks, because when you walk around with a mask on all the time, when you are trying to listen to mommy and daddy, when you're trying to listen to your guidance counselors and your teachers, like oftentimes, even though they, they love you and they care for you, they don't always know what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's a beautiful point that it doesn't have to be black and white. Like your childhood dies at a certain point. You can carry that on with you and it's going to be an inspiration and an edge that, like you said, a lot of people Absolutely. lose, they lose at a certain point. And I'd imagine as a creative, finally giving into that and being like, I don't have to let that go. Like I can use that as part of me that had to help kind of push you past that feeling of 
failure or I can't be this or how mm-hmm. am I going to move forward? Where right? we're, we're seeing it today in social media. A lot of the shit is play TikTok, yeah. right? Instagram, like people are having a blast, like <laughs> singing songs and doing dances and all these things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's allowing us to foster and really nurture that creativity. And I love seeing what, um, that people are like, there's like, there's just no limits to what you can create or how you can design your life. I, I believe, you know, whatever you want to call it, I'll call it the universe, right? Mm-hmm. I think it, it will represent lessons that need to be learned over and over again until you learn it. Yeah. And for me, I didn't really have that, the, the way you explained it of the, the kind of mental breakdowns, right? Where you're kind of experiencing, okay, maybe I need to rethink things or I need to deal with trauma or whatever until I was in my late twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess early thirties, I'm 33 now. Right. Yeah. So what was really weird about it is <clears throat> I felt like I was failing over and over. Right. Uh, these things were coming and they were right there in front of my face. And I was either, no, I'm scared of that. And I'd run away from it. Right. And then there'd be that moment where I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to deal with it. I'd start to deal with it. No, wait, I'm scared again. And I'd run away from it. And I did this several times before I was, Hey, you just have to just deal with it, yeah. right? There, There is no, again, black and white definitive. This is, it's dealt with and it's over, right? There might be, it comes in waves, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think it's super interesting because you can have this conversation with people and they're not ready to be receptive to it, <laughs> Yeah. right? Like that, they're like, hey man, I'm good. I don't need to deal with yeah. pain and, and anxiety and anguish and like, I don't want to break down what happened during my childhood or during my twenties or whatever it is that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. And no, nobody ever goes, Oh, it's a really good time. Like, Come on down. <laughs> like, Hey, let's deal with, yeah. let's deal with anxiety. It's a really good time. Come on down. Um, but I do think it's, it's really crucial because when I got to that point of what you were talking about, where I had to genuinely out loud say to myself, Hey, you're wearing a mask all the time when you acknowledge that, then you're able to go, nobody really cares. Right? Like at the end of the day, nobody really cares what mask you're wearing. So you might as well just be yourself. Uh, Absolutely. And it's, very, yeah. it's, it's very freeing, but it's also. It's, it can be nerve wracking, can be terrifying. Yeah. Like <clears throat> life is, listen, life is a total mind fuck. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's complex. It's, it's, it's a lot. So I think it's just important to be patient with ourselves. And like, I love the pace at which I learn. I love the pace at which I grow. I love, I just, I'm kind of just like in my own lane and I don't look to the left or the right to see what anyone else is doing because I know that what's for me is going to meet me and not a moment sooner. Yeah, man, you're speaking my language. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I feel like maybe maybe let's start at university, right? We're young, okay. we're impressionable, we're trying to figure it out. You probably weren't this version of yourself then, right? So you obviously, so you did choose a university, right? You went, you're doing your education. During that time, is that when you figured out like, hey, I'm not going to be a poet, what am I going to do? Because like, <laughs> I like mean, I, I just wonder, did you have a moment where you go, you know what I'm going to be a ghostwriter? I'm going to do it. Oh no, that was like later. So like I said, dreams evolve. I knew I wanted to be a writer. I didn't know what type of writer I wanted to be, but because I was bullied and tortured in high school, I spent a lot of time alone in the bathroom and yeah. the library and the cafeteria. And so I knew that when I would doodle and journal, like that was when life was peaceful and perfect. So I'm like, I love this feeling. I want to chase this feeling. Um, But 10 years ago, this was 2000 and I graduated high school 2005. So writing wasn't a thing. I don't even think blogging. Yeah. Blogging wasn't even a thing then. So, you know, my counselors, my parents, my teachers were like, how are you going to make a living from your art? Like, what is an artist? What is a creative? Like these things did not exist. Um, And so I went to uh, college, uh, chose a program that was safe, chose a program that, you know, the adults in my life kind of pushed me towards. And I was really unhappy. I missed a lot of school. I wasn't socializing. My mental health was at its worst. Um, I was staying in bed for days. I wasn't taking a shower. I wasn't brushing my teeth. I wasn't brushing my hair. Um, You know, at the time, you know, my parents, they were young and busy with their careers and thriving in that. Um, And they weren't really paying close attention. Oftentimes, you know, mental health is not like a broken arm, right? Like you can't really 
you know, you could just figure someone's having a bad day, but this was not like a paper cut. You know, this was yeah. something that I, like, I really, really had suicidal thoughts. I, I just, I never wanted to be one of those adults who, who looked back on their lives and said, what if, um, and I just couldn't figure out why I've always been a colorful person, an imaginative person, but I feel like people were trying to like, like, you know, they're trying to put a yeah. lid on that. So I ended up walking out of the classroom during exam week of my second year. Um, I just, I just told myself I would figure it out. And that was like the first day of the rest of my life. And that was, uh, 2008. Nice. Yeah. Uh, do you, did you ever know of a website called Zanga? No, I didn't. So, I haven't heard of that. So I would not call myself a writer, uh, mm-hmm. by any means. Right. Uh, but I like to, I guess I'll call it free writing. So yeah, back in the day, that's amazing. back in the, yeah, well, back in the day, like around the 2006 area, I don't know, MySpace existed. And then there yeah. was this thing called Zanga. <laughs> And like, mm-hmm. I would write stuff on there and people would like actually read it and they'd be like, oh, great. But like, there, just like you were saying, there wasn't a place to really be creative and a lot of people see it. Where now, mm-hmm. like I could record myself on TikTok lighting a candle and like 600 right. people will see it. Exactly. It's crazy, right? It, it's got to be mind blowing for But you know what, kids today, us. they'll never know. Like, no. I yeah. love, I love <clears throat> uh, the process of figuring it out. And now you're seeing perfectly curated feeds and everyone's really obsessed with, you know, the project or the post has to be perfect before they put yeah. it out. 10 years ago, we were just like learning as we go. We had no we were, idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't, we didn't know how to navigate the digital space. We had, we were whiteboarding and we were, and things were half done, but we were having a blast as we were trying to like connect yeah. the dots. Um, and I really, I really, really miss that era. Yeah. I get those uh, Facebook reminders from, I guess now it's like 2011 timeframe. I cringe and, every uh, time, but it's part of the process. <laughs> you go, wow, that was, that was my thing I was. is, <laughs> I would just put like a sentence. And now when I read that sentence, I go, I have no idea what was going on or what I was talking about. Like, what was I thinking 10 years ago when I was going on Facebook and be like, I want people to read this. It would just be a sentence yeah. or it'd be like, it was obviously like a thought in my head and I was just like, ah, I'm throwing it out there. And again, like you said, we didn't know what we were doing. It, it didn't have, it didn't have to have an agenda to it. Yes. You're expressing, right? Mm-hmm. You're creating just to create, not because you're trying to monetize shit, not because you're trying to build a community. Like you were just, I, you were just doing it for the pure fulfillment and joy of right. just doing something. Yeah. Nowadays, right. a lot of my girlfriends, like they're, everyone's so addicted to the hustle. No one has hobbies anymore. No one just does shit just to just because it just makes you feel good. I just had that moment about maybe maybe six weeks ago. I would say it was more about a month ago mm-hmm. where I had to like pump the brakes because I was just stressed out. Yeah. And when I thought about where that stress was coming from, I was just so like, again, addicted to the hustle that everything had to be work. What was I doing to get to the goal? What was I doing? to And, and I I was like, what is my hobby? My hobby turned into my job. Yeah. And then I never had like a secondary hobby. And so I've, I, that's where I'm at right now is like finding that uh, backup. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, we're stuck we... in being productive. <laughs> so when you're not being productive or monetizing on your time, you're like, well, did I waste it? Society yeah. makes you feel like yeah. you're, an, you're doing nothing with your life yeah. if you're not monetizing your next project or your yeah. skill. Uh, and, and I think it's wonderful to come across people like yourself, where being able to interact with people that find their truth allows you to kind of figure out how to find your own truth. And what's mm-hmm. so crazy to me is for a long time in my 20s, I would always try to find that person of, tell me what you did, I'm going to duplicate it, and then right. I'm going to be successful. Right. None of them would ever tell me, hey, hey dude, that's literally not how that works like I can give you I can give you my story and I can tell you Mm -hmm. what I did and how I got here but if you're not willing to to go inside yourself and figure out what your truth is and be able to express that truth openly and Mm -hmm. confidently and I guess uh feel that joy of of that experience yeah you're never going to figure out the balance of self because you can't, I mean, you could probably tell me some incredible things that you've learned. And I go, wow, like, okay, I see where you're coming from. But yeah, my version, my version of that and my experience would not be the same. Right, exactly. 
And, and that's where I think trying to tie it back to failure, right? I think you have to have the, the ability to go, okay, this might get a little crazy. I'm mm-hmm. going to fall down a, a few times. I'm going to go into territory that I'm uncomfortable with or have no understanding of. But if you go through it, you can, you'll come out on top, right? Well, it might take yeah. longer than you expect, but you'll come out on top. And I'm sure that from where we left off in your story to where you are now, that had to happen. And I'm sure it wasn't like a straight line either. Do you want to tell us about that initial jump? And I'm sure there was fear and uncertainty. Yeah. And then when you started to realize all of these little steps or little failures were building into something really big. To piggyback off that question, did you also have any kind of mentor during oh, yeah. this time when you were when trying I... to figure it out? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, my God. So I left school 2008 um, and then I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety 2010. Um, and around okay. the same time, I met one of my mentors that I stumbled across on Facebook. I messaged her, asked her to dinner. I asked her um, about her success journey. Um, this was, again, this is, a, a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily um, advise anyone to just walk up to someone and ask them to be their mentor today. But years ago, I mean, like everyone was trying to figure it out. So it was a level playing field. And so we had dinner and she's still in my life a decade later. But, um, but yeah, like my first scary moment was creating a dot-com, right? Like my first scary moment was putting myself out there. And I think a lot of people still struggle with that, right? Yeah. They have a case of analysis paralysis, like the fear of, you know, uh, making a decision. And so um, putting myself out there meant I was now being held accountable for my actions. And it was, I was now starting to create a legacy. I was now starting a business. Right. And so like that first step, I always suggest start anywhere, somewhere, start scared, start scrappy, start broke, start somewhere, because if you just wait until things are perfect, then you're just, you're going to be in the same place that you were last year. Um, and so I started a blog and again, did it up the pure fulfillment. And as a result of my blog, I actually caught the attention of a publishing house, um, in Toronto, Canada that had, uh, contracts with every major newspaper across the city. And so I became a freelance journalist, um, based off the strength of my blog. And as a result of that, um, for the next four years, I was published in every major newspaper for hundreds of thousands of um, audience members. And then I thought about, you know, what's another dream that I want to pursue? And that was becoming an author. And simultaneously, I wrote that book. Um, but where failure comes in is just, you know, you're kind of walking in the dark, right? You don't really know what's right from wrong. Because like, if, if no one in your family has pursued this path, if you don't have friends that have pursued this path, then there's no one really to guide you. Mentors can, can provide advice, but until you actually have the lived experience, you don't know, right? But as you take that step forward, each experience informs each other. Um, you know, I was actually denied and rejected by 26 publishers when, I, uh, when my agent put forward my book. I thought I was a failure. My like my dream at the time was to be um, a novelist. I thought I was going to per- publish a novel a year and I was going to live off my royalties and I was just going to live this fabulous life. And then every major news, every sorry, every major publisher said no. They said, you know what, this would be really great um, if you did it this way and you did it this way and you did, and they're picking apart my manuscript. And I was yeah. so I was so depleted because you know you have someone in a corner office telling you who you should be, what you should write about, what's relevant, what's going to sell, what's hot. Um, and, you know, th- when you worked on something for uh, a, a number of years, four years, like, I mean, a lot of artists are sensitive about their shit, right? Oh. So I would say that was my first, that was my first, you know, I felt really good when I created my .com. It boosted my confidence. And then when I got rejected by all those publishers, um, this was like 2000. 14 ish, um, 2000, uh, maybe t- 2012, 2014. Um, that's when I was like, fuck, like, you know, am I really a good writer? Can I write? Like wh- where, like you start to question yourself and that's why we talked about sense of self. It's so important to stay the course because you're going to get so many people who will try to take you off of it. Oh yeah. I can't imagine what that feels like. I've, I've never had someone critique your project or your work. Well, so the only thing that comes to mind is that I I would write stuff and then I would try to get people to read it, but 
like I, the audience wouldn't be right. Or mm -hmm. like, I couldn't reach out to people that enjoyed that kind of stuff. And again, yeah. I want to call myself a writer, but I do remember there was this one time that I met this girl and she, she did kind of editing type work and she did, she critiqued the crap out of it. And I was like, I was kind of like excited because it was like, where can I work on this? Right. Mm -hmm. But I've never had someone go like, this isn't going to sell. This isn't hot. This is And you're like, this is who I am. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care if it's trending. Right. right? Like I, I just right. want to, I want to present what I just created. This is my art. And they're like, yes. yeah, but like, and good on you for sticking to your guns. Like I hear that a lot from people who I guess we'll call it making it to the other side, right? Like yeah. they, they identified their dream. Like you said, made the choice to go, I'm going towards this, whatever that looks like, even if right. I am roaming in the dark and they get there and they're like, you just have to know that this is what you believe in and then stick yeah, to it. Yeah, and you have to have that unwavering <clears throat> faith in your ability and your project. I ended up self-publishing. I had a book launch um, and I had 300 people show up and that gave me the validation or the confirmation awesome. that I needed that yeah. like, you're actually not kind of crazy. Like people and you were doing it the, work. the right yeah, way. I did it but my it, way. Well, it's not right or wrong. It's just my the right way. way for you. Yeah, yeah and exactly. It, it, it goes back to you have this, beautiful work and then you go to a company that wants to make money ultimately so then mm -hmm. they try to maneuver it around to be that thing mm -hmm. and you had the strength to be like no this can still work <laughs> and yeah. I'm gonna do it anyways and I think a lot of people they'll hit a wall like you hit that wall and it was very it made you question yourself even though you were on this forward momentum a lot of people would stop they'd be like all right I need to take a step back I don't know what to do but, or they just, yeah, they just quit or yeah. and it's like, you just, life is so long. Like you just like, <laughs> to me, if you quit, you know, here's the thing. I've been a writer for 10 years. Okay. And when I meet, um, other creatives, you know, you hear stories of people who quit or who change professions after 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 days, yeah. like, and it's like, that tells me you didn't really want it to begin with. You know what right. I mean? And so like, it's just, it's just bit like we've lost sight of what it means to perfect a craft. You know, one day my friend is a babysitter, then she's a horseback rider, then she's a nurse, then she's a photographer. And I'm like, what do you actually do? You know what I mean? Like at some point when we ascend, you know, when we send in uh, adulthood, you know, you have to start thinking like how at some point you have to monetize your skills. I mean, we have bills to pay. It's, this is not yeah. like, we're just, we're not just talking about, yeah. yeah, we're not just talking about playing in your childhood forever. Like at some point you may want to monetize. Um, so like, but you, I, I, to run a successful company, it requires talent. And so I just don't think people stick to anything long enough to really master it. Yeah. And you have to work at it. It's not just going to happen because you want it. Like you said, you have to put in those 10,000 hours and yeah. yeah, you know, move through the bad to get to the better stuff at the end. Yeah. I always say like, you know, you should probably start with the lowest barrier to entry. You know, there are things that we are really, really good at. And sometimes you just have to look back and connect the dots of your life to really identify that or think back to projects that you've done in school or at work. Think back to questions, commonly asked questions by, you know, that have been asked by your friends or family. But once you find that thing hold on to it and run with it and really stick with it. And that's how you're going to build traction. I, uh, I was going to make the joke of how did you know I did all those things of babysitting, horseback <laughs> riding, right? It's just uh, like too so, many things. Focus is, yeah. Your focus is like everywhere. And so you never really get anything done. And then that, then you, it's this vicious cycle of, I don't feel like I'm getting ahead. I literally, so the reason I wanted to make that joke is because I literally, uh, not those things, but did that. Mm -hmm. It was like it's uh, Sam's resume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horseback riding, babysit. Um, so, so what's interesting to me is I, I did meet someone and I did have a moment where I was like, hey, I kind of want you to mentor me. What was really humbling about that is they were like, stop asking me questions that you can Google. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So if you're like, if you're like, okay, uh, I have like, like your time is extremely valuable. Yeah. Uh, you are busy, 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 busy all the time. You're I like your mentor. Me some... Yeah, she's incredible. But so she gives you, she, she's like, hey, I'm going to give you some of my time. And you're going to go, what color is the sky? Yeah. You can Google that, right? Uh, and it's not that she's not willing to answer those questions. It's like, there are some really important questions that you probably need to ask me that mm -hmm. I have the answers to. Yeah. Where there's like guidance, right? And she helped a lot with um, 
the focus of intention, which mm-hmm. is partially about making the choice of what do you, what do you want? Right. But mm-hmm. I had accidentally slipped into taking a skill that I had. Uh, it was a hobby and turned it into monetizing it. Mm-hmm. And that was working out. Yeah. But you know, one thing that pops into my head and Megan and I have talked about this before, and maybe you've had this experience, right? That imposter syndrome where like mm-hmm. you're, you're doing something and you're like, did I accidentally end up here or am I actually <laughs> I do this? Yeah. Yeah. Or am I a part of this? And like, I, I, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to work out with some really incredible people who have taken it to that level of competing, right? Like their diet, mm-hmm. their, their workouts, everything is so on point because yeah. that is what they're doing for a living. That's not who I am. I, I genuinely want people to be healthier and be comfortable in the gym, but I'm not like a physique competitor. And so I, you know, I have this opportunity to work out with a bodybuilder and I'm looking at the bodybuilder going, well, I don't, I do not belong here. Your biceps are the (laughs) size of my, my head. Like what is happening? But, you know, there has to be a part of yourself that has the foundation of this is what I believe in about Mm -hmm. myself. And this is what I believe in, in terms of where I'm going and why I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. What's Um, really interesting is I actually failed grade 11 and 12 English. And I was told that I would never be a writer by my teacher. Um, I was told that it wasn't an option for me. Um, I grew up with a slower learning curve than most. I would read a textbook and I would have to read the same passage three, four, and five times to, for the information to download into my brain. And I still have my, I have my own, uh, hacks that I use today. Um, but you know, I mean, anyone who's a average student, C and D student, like I was easily, I mean, the world will make you feel so stupid. You know what I mean? I remember getting a test back in school and the teacher in front of everybody said, Pollyanna, was this difficult for you? And like you, everywhere that you turn, you're made to feel like a dummy. But what's really interesting is that those C and D students are now thriving in a world of creativity. Right. And so like when we talk about imposter syndrome, of course, there are moments of doubt. Right. But when I look at most success stories, every artist, entertainer, executive, entrepreneur, athlete, everyone starts at zero. Everyone was once an amateur. Right. And I think it's like um, I don't use excuses in terms of like where I was raised, who my parents are. Maybe I didn't have access to anything like I always try to use what I had, right? Even if it was uh, like, even if it was as little as it was, I tried to use what I had in order to get to that next level. Um, So imposter syndrome, yeah, like, you know, sometimes you deal with it. But again, if like this was, I'm not going to be a doctor or a scientist. Like I'm not going to be any of those things. Like this was like path A and this was like the only thing I wanted to do. And if it took me 10 years or a hundred years, I was going to figure this shit out. Yep. And, and, and I love that. So me and my brother, uh, we're very close. And one thing that we always talk about is the analogy of, um, the Viking ship comes up to the, to the shore and they burn it because it's like, Hey, there is no plan B we're Mm -hmm. going this way. Right. Right. And, and so when you burn the ship, it's like, no, literally there is no (laughs) other option. Um, and, and, and we, I think we both kind of enjoy that analogy because, it's really easy to go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this because we, we chase dopamine, right? We want to feel good. And there's that excitement. The people that, that stick to their craft and they go, this is who I am. And this is what I'm about. Mm -hmm. At least to a point of, Hey, I, I took it all the way. And if at that point you go, like, I've heard stories and it's very rare of there are people that go all the way and become a doctor. I mean, like a doctor, doctor, right? Yeah. Like not a doctor of whatever, but like right. they become, a, they become a doctor and they go through that crazy process that you hear about where you're in school for 10 lifetimes right? and they go, no, nah, this is fucked up. I'm, I'm not doing <laughs> this. And, and you're like, bro, yeah. you, you spent, you spent all, all of yeah. your, all of your life up to this point becoming a doctor and they're like, yeah, and now I'm not a doctor. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're all, we, we all are kind of forced into this perception if we allow it of like, uh, what is it called? FOMO, fear of missing out. <laughs> yeah. Forget that. Forget it. Like, yeah. you're, you're not going Everything's to exper- smoke and mirrors, to be honest. Like, exactly. Nothing's ever what it seems. And I never believe the hype. 
ever. Right. Right. And it, it's all an illusion. And so like, I've told people like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And then they just shit all over what I just said I was about. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, wow. Like maybe I should question. And, and that's where the problem is, right? We get yeah. taught to go, Hey, we should question ourselves. It's not other people. It's if, if you walk into a room with the mentality of, I hope I like these people. Right. Uh, and it's not the concern of, do they like me? Because if they like you, they like you. If they don't, they don't. Like, who cares, right? right? It's the same thing. If people don't accept what you're doing because you're like, hey, I want to be a writer. And they're like, oh, you're never going to do that. Get them out of your life. But you that's going to be people, right? like, that's going to be your unique value prop. That's going to be your, be your blue ocean strategy. Like when I pursued ghostwriting, you know, it, I mean, you can't, it's not something you can take in school. It's, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing adults today create their own jobs that like right. we've never heard of. And so when I pursue, I mean, ghostwriting is, I mean, decades old, like we ghostwriting in the music industry, very popular, but ghostwriting in the context of business. So my team specializes in books and speeches. I have an agency, you know, people didn't really know what that was. And like, sometimes you have to just kind of like, again, you're roaming in the dark and you're creating as you go. Um, so yeah, like, you know, for people, when people shit on your dreams, it's one of those things where like, you have to continue fighting for it and you have to find a place inside your heart where nothing right. is impossible. Like I started with zero clients, like negative zero. Like there was no, I had no access to any kind of politician, celebrity athlete. Um, but one of the hacks that really helped me was um, location, right? You will not go further than you think. And so I would skip paying my phone bills and I jumped on planes so I could meet with people, introduce myself to people. I'd have coffee dates from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's like, you know, you, just, you try to figure it out the best way you can. I didn't have a lot of money, but I could move shit around and try and figure <laughs> it out to get a quick flight or, right. take, the, or take the Greyhound. Um, and so- you just, yeah, like, I mean, it, it, I think in the beginning of our conversation or you spoke about, you know, there's no like one path to success. Like all of us are trying to piecemeal this shit together. Right. And so you, um, one thing that we haven't really touched on is like listening to that, like intuition, like that oh, tiny yeah. voice inside of you, um, that tells you to zig when everyone else is zagging, like that will never lead you astray ever. I yeah. am so glad you said that. Cause I've lived my whole life off of that. Mm-hmm follow your gut like you have to listen to it yeah yeah we we've literally in the past week as like a co-host have dealt with that intuition of like maybe we should do this 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 is fine and then mm -hmm. that little voice of like probably not like there's something probably not yeah and, and sometimes it doesn't make sense sometimes yeah, you're like there was no reason behind it right and you're like mm -hmm. that's why I'm not going to listen because there's no reason and then life teaches you that lesson of like there was a reason you just didn't see and you it they find it out later years and, later even yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so we are very fresh in that lesson <laughs> I, think, I think it's it's a very curious experience to mm -hmm. we are all going through our own version of whatever this is supposed to be right mm -hmm. and the really wild part about it uh some of us end up in in a mentality or a, a faith system or whatever where we go this is the answer this is the why mm -hmm. and you go okay that's totally fine right whatever that is that's totally fine we're allowed to do that that's the beauty of this whole experience but one thing i i kind of uh, contemplate often um i guess a friend pointed it out and then i just think about it all the time is that you either choose what you're about and what you're doing and why you're doing it or mm -hmm. someone else is going to just choose that for you. Right. One way or the other, you're going to be about something and you're going to be doing something with a why, whether it's <laughs> your own or somebody else's, yeah. right? I think a lot of us, including myself for a very long time, mm -hmm. get stuck in that loop of like, I'm doing this because that's what I was taught or, or whatever. And that doesn't mean like we're all going to be entrepreneurs, right? I think, I think the very lucky people, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to call it luck, get to experience that avenue and mm -hmm. if they're smart they stick to it right you know what i'm saying but i i do think that it's it's just super strange where until recently maybe the last couple of years i just went okay this is what my mom and dad did this is what i'm supposed to do and i had to have that moment where i sat down and i just stared at that for a while and went no my gut is like calling bullshit 
right? right. This, this is, it's not the only way. And if it works for you, do it. Um, but you know, we, we are also creatures that are seeking validation. So when you have 26 different publishers going like, Hey bro, like, yeah, we, we don't want your writing. You're like, <laughs> uh, like, can I just get a hint of validation? And like, <laughs> yeah. no, right. Like you change what you wrote or, you know, move on. Um, mm-hmm. and that's just strange, <laughs> you know? And I, and I do think it's exciting to be able to have this conversation with you where you talk about it in the, in the now. Right. And I brought this book book up multiple times and I've actually had people who have listened to our podcast and they were like, Hey, I like checked out that book and like, I don't, I don't get it. Or like, it just seems really crazy, but it's called the power of now. By Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Boom. (laughs) Yeah. And, And what I love about it is that you have this vibe of you're living in that mentality of this is, this is it. Yeah. What is happening right now is happening. And that doesn't mean you can't have dreams and it doesn't mean you don't have goals and steps to achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. But if you can enjoy it for what it is now, whether yeah. it's the highs or the lows, mm-hmm. life is just slipping by. It's just literally sand in an hourglass. And that's that was one of the, the failures that I had to experience over and over again. Of I took, I took now for granted. Uh, mm. And then I, I try to relive it, you know, through memories because it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, earlier in the conversation, we also spoke about um, hustle culture. One of my failures in the now, um, the pandemic taught me that I was a pretty shitty friend. Um, I was so uh, knee deep in my work, my passion, all the things that I realized, you know, I mean, I was missing graduations and birthdays and anniversaries and weddings. And I wasn't checking in on my friends. I mean, in the pandemic, I think we all became more empathetic and more compassionate and we paid closer attention to our peers and our loved ones because we didn't know if they were going to lose their livelihoods or their jobs or if they could pay their bills or if they could eat or if they're going to, you know, like we just didn't know. And so like, I was reminded that like, I'm like, you know, I hadn't, I, I, I guess I was, I guess I was just, I could have done better. Um, And so as I unsubscribed from hustle culture and it, it created space for me to show up for people in a, in a bigger, better way. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's, it's a hard thing for not just our generation, but the, all the generations before us to understand hustle culture and work-life balance of like, you can be an extremely passionate person like you are, but then at the same time, you can also build beautiful friendships. Those mm-hmm. things that don't bring you any monetary value. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't yeah. need to be a partnership or a collaboration. Like some people are exactly. just in their life for, for pure joy yeah. and fulfillment. Yeah. And maybe they remind you of home. They remind you of simpl- when life was simple, simplicity. Like mm-hmm. that's it. That's yeah. it. That's a hard thing to admit to fail at. A lot of people are yeah. like, I've never been a bad friend. I'm totally like, I've never, <laughs> I've never fucked it up. It takes a lot of self-awareness to tap yeah. into that. And I, we, I just had my best friend on and we had that conversation of like, we're best friends and we've made it this far, but we definitely fucked up. Like we have mm-hmm. not always been great. And yeah. I, I think once you realize that, or even if it's like a small piece of it, it just makes your relationships stronger and uh, mm-hmm. more valued. When you, when you balance things out yeah a lot of us our lives just literally came to a halt like i was one of those people that's like what are you doing today work 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 what are you doing tomorrow work 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 wake up at 4 a.m get home at 8 p.m like eat sleep shower back to it whatever mm-hmm. and i i make time for friends because i'm just like a social butterfly i guess but the the thing was is that was my priority and then all of a sudden literally over I don't, I don't watch the news. I don't enjoy how that makes me feel. Um, I'm not saying I shouldn't be educated about what's going on in the world, but I don't have to like force feed myself negativity all the time. Mm-hmm. So one day I go to work and they're like, yeah, we're closing. And I'm like, oh, for like, a, are we like remodeling mm-hmm. or something? They're like, no, dude, like coronavirus. And I was like, what does beer have to do with anything? And then literally the gym closed and I didn't have a job. And I was like, oh man, that wasn't as funny as I thought it was. Yeah. And even crazier is I was the guy who was like two weeks and we'll be back at it. I think we all seven, were. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Seven months went by and I realized that I hadn't wasted my life, right? I, I don't 
believe in regretting stuff. I believe in learning from things, but I definitely had that acknowledgement of, you know, what matters to me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and like when you're just sitting with yourself and right. the answer is it, <laughs> when you're sitting with yourself and the answer isn't, well, I matter to myself. That was probably the biggest thing that I had to take from COVID and then like grow from, right? That whole quarantine experience. Um, yeah. And how the way I thought about myself and treated myself 1000% directly affected the people I cared about most. Mm. And then, and then I went down the rabbit hole and it fucked me up all sorts of sideways. Right. Like I was not, I, I didn't even ask for that. I, I mean, I wanted to be better spiritually and emotionally and, and physically. And then like, out of all the ways that that could happen, it was because a pandemic and being yeah. locked indoors for X amount of time. It is wild. And then people are like, Oh God, this is so horrible. And I, I probably agreed with a lot of people, but around like month four and five, after being force fed, all of these situations of you need to open your mind. Mm-hmm. I was grateful for it. I was glad that it happened. And people took that in a very negative way. They're like, you're grateful that COVID-19 happened. Yeah. That, that is not what I'm saying. I'm grateful right. for the, for the experience that came from that. Right. Right. Um, I think it's, and, it's a universal experience that we all took very differently. It was a yeah. traumatic collective thing that forced mm-hmm. you to go, Oh wow, we're out of this rat race for a minute. And I have to reflect. Yes. Yeah. And some people oh. could not handle that. <laughs> like, and I don't blame them necessarily. And it was very stressful and it brought up a lot of feelings of how do we measure certain things. But I, I think the three of us can all agree it made us step back for a minute on the professional side of our lives and go, oh, I, I want to focus on these people over here that yeah. now I'm I'm on Zoom calls with, even though they're across the country. I want to make sure they're doing okay when they're in New York and the whole city is shut down or yeah. my oh, yeah. people in Seattle, like you start to connect with people again and go, this is my core group. Why have I not put this on a, you know, higher priority until now? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I make, I make a lot more phone calls on a weekly basis now. Um, there are several people that it's like, Oh, when we talked, we were close and it, it never felt like we grew distant to now like we talk monthly uh just because it was it was what are my priorities you know what i mean um and the world is now evolving in such a rapid rate all the time that you're 100 right that i i do believe in the phrase like the strong survive and Mm -hmm. one of the things that we are trying to survive is in every avenue that i can even think about of a person's life it's just boom 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 i mean it's Mm -hmm. constant right like God forbid you go on social media first thing in the morning because you woo, yeah no. <laughs> you're about to get slapped in the face and and yeah. that's just like during the time that you slept all this stuff happened on social media mm-hmm. it's mind blowing it's oh, it's yeah. a lot um I am kind of curious this is kind of a weird segue but so so you have your own company right yeah. and so you you provide ghostwriting so when you have people come up and they're like hey I I want to be a ghostwriter and work with you how do you even right like you said you don't go to school to be a ghostwriter like how do you right but I have a background in journalism so the writers on my team all have various backgrounds as well like you know one writer you know she wrote scripts and she's worked in Hollywood another writer um he was a journalist another writer was a songwriter like so we have collective experiences that inform how we advise our clients oh that's smart yeah. And as uh, you can imagine, in 2020, in addition to the pandemic, we saw we saw people who were in high profile positions. Um, they were very tight lipped and that was very detrimental to uh, their reputations their livelihoods um, because there's a lot of shit happening in the world besides the pandemic and civil unrest. There was a lot of important conversations that were had. And if you were in a position of power and you didn't contribute to those conversations, people looked at you sideways. Yeah. You either got canceled yeah. or your employees called you out. And so during 2020 and 2021, and I imagine as we most move forward, um, people are prioritizing the world of communications and communications advisors like myself. Um, so 
it was just really good timing. I've been a journalist for quite some time. And, you know, I really do feel like there are difference between your job and your life assignment. Um, mind you, I should tell everyone on the podcast that I was in the corporate world for 10 years as well. I quit January, 2019, but as a journalist, like I knew the media landscape was really toxic. I knew it wasn't something I wanted to do long-term. And so I, you know, taking baby steps, I started my, uh, my career as a ghostwriter. Um, it really started back in 2016. And then I slowly evolved into building my own company. That'd be a little scary. Like oh, yeah. First, Hell yeah. Acknowledge, acknowledging, oh, this is real bad. Like this feels like the Titanic is sinking. And it's like, well, you better get on a lifeboat. And you're like, that's <laughs> yeah, going to be uncomfortable. Like, okay. But that's the point, right? Like you yeah. want to be uncomfortable so you can grow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Leaving the corporate world was really scary for me. I mean, I made sure, like I was someone who jumped with a plan um, sure. and I made sure that I checked certain boxes before I made the jump. It was still, it was, it was terrifying, but every year that I'm able to do what I lo- like, I really did love my corporate job too. That's the other thing. I think a lot of people jump because they hate their corporate job. I was an executive yeah. assistant to presidents and CEOs over the last 10 years, like that opportunity to work alongside heads of companies informed how I move in entrepreneurship today. But sometimes when a chapter needs to be closed, it needs to be closed. And I think that you have to be self-aware enough to also recognize that. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, the timing could not have been better because January, 2019 is when I quit. And then March, 2020, the pandemic happened and everyone's Mm -hmm. job in some capacity shifted. Right. So I was really, really fortunate to be able to um, figure out how to earn a living um, in the midst of the pandemic. I just love the point of you didn't just shut off one part and go into the other. You kind of transitioned into it. Oh yeah. That was very important to me. And that's a lot of people see it as very like you stop one, you start the other, but you have to kind of hustle on the the side. If we want to use that word. I was a side hustler for 10 years. Yeah. 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 And that builds kind of the experience along with your day job. Mm -hmm. And then you need a plan. Every episode, I feel like we have to tell people or reiterate to our listener do not just quit (laughs) like you do need some kind of plan of action unless it's like a toxic environment or something like that but I I love that you made that point of it was kind of a ease in and out and then you had a plan of action even though it was terrifying and went for it yeah there's two things that so gratitude I think is is something that we all need to practice right and Mm -hmm. and I think people who become successful that's one thing they never lose is they were they were grateful even when they were in the trenches right and they mm-hmm. remain grateful in their success but you know one thing that's really interesting when you sit at home and you're comfortable and everything's fine and you think about the scenario of i really really hate my job i wake up in the morning and i hate my life because i have to go do that job it's like then it shouldn't be hard to quit it but there's a there's still some kind of security that came from that job that you hated, right? Yes. Bills are being paid, whatever. And I've known people, some of them were successful where they were, I hate my job, I hate my job. Like, why am I doing this to myself? And they did it for years. And then one day it was like, enough is enough. Yeah. What is the what is the plan? How do I transition? Where do I go? I think that they're equal, but in my brain it seems so much harder to be like, I really like this job and I have safety and security and everything's mm-hmm. great, but I'm like, I'm not getting everything that I know that I'm yeah. working. Mm-hmm. 100%. And so it's like, because everyone is so afraid of the what if and what if does yeah. not exist. It's not real. It's, it's yeah. what's beautiful about the what if is it means that your imagination's still there. Mm-hmm. It's still there, right? You're, you're what ifing, but why do we as people why are we so afraid to do what if in terms of like the amazing blessings that we are all receiving? Yeah. For me, like my, so my dad gave me some really great advice. He said that you can always get another job. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can get another job. Like (laughs) we are all young and we're marketable. Like the problem is people are not willing to work at Burger King or McDonald's. People are not willing to drive a school bus if they have to, like people are not like, cause our egos get in the way. Right. Yeah. So I like I people will tell themselves I can't get another job of the, at this level. 
But yeah. if you really had to, if I jumped ship and it did not work out, I didn't let pride wasn't in the way for me. If I had to sweep the street, like I would guess get it, I would figure it out. I would get a job somehow. But I think that's what really hinders people from taking the leap. It's like, yeah. what am I gonna do if it doesn't work out? It's like you want the same six figure job or you want this like it's just like no like you have to humble yourself i've watched my father earn six figures to six dollars in his lifetime okay and so like that was really and you know some people might consider that a failure i think to have that mentality and to have that um to be able to live life without pride without your without puffing up your chest i think that's a really great quality to have and it definitely rubbed off on me so I was like, yeah, of course, if this doesn't work out, I can get a job to land on my feet until I figure it out. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a band called uh, Nine Inch Nails and the front man, his name is Trent Reznor. And when I was a kid, I, I enjoyed this band. I, I guess I found them in high school, but what resonated with me is that he was a janitor at the, at the building of the uh, record company that I ended up signing on with mm. in the late, uh, the late eighties. And he was like, yeah, I don't care. I just got to be in this building because that's <laughs> yeah, how I'm going to yeah. be. <laughs> Love it. And, he, and he's like, I'll sweep your floors, mop the floors. I'll clean the whole building. I just got to find the person that's going to listen to this, you know, demo or whatever. I love that uh, story. And what's wild is that during that whole time, the way I imagined it is that he didn't care that he was the janitor. That didn't mm-hmm. mean anything. He was he was working a job, but he was creating opportunities. And like, mm-hmm. you can do that at working at Burger King. You can do that at whatever. And I think that's where there was a big portion of my life where there was no fulfillment. As I was working these obvious not forever jobs, right? It wasn't my career, but I had yeah. no means to an end. I had no rhyme right. or reason. I was just doing it because got to make a paycheck. Well, why are you making a paycheck? What are you doing it for? Yeah. Um, and the beauty of it is, is that you get to choose your purpose. You get to choose your why, why you're mm-hmm. doing it. Um, and I just love that. I, I think you're a really great example of a person who went, all right, well, maybe this isn't what I wanted, or maybe this isn't how I thought I was going to work, but you, you allowed yourself to evolve into the person that you are. Yeah. Right. Like, and I like you, with myself. right. You, and, and even crazier is that you still have a whole lifetime ahead of you. Yes, exactly. God, God only exactly. knows what's going to happen. Like your evolution is, it can be ever growing, right? Mm-hmm. You don't turn 50 one day. You don't turn 60 one day and be like, well, right. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just waiting to die. Life is like, just <laughs> beginning. Honestly, life is just yeah. beginning. I think it's crazy too, where you see these things on the internet where they're like, if you're if you're under the age of 45 you might live forever because we're going to put your consciousness into a robot and i'm like <laughs> uh hey that's cool and all but i'm i'm just gonna do my time and then i'm gonna hopefully I'm just gonna see how something. this goes <laughs> yeah i'll let you guys become robots i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna be one of those normies that gets buried in the ground or whatever oh uh <laughs> on that note um I, I did want to give you uh, a quick opportunity uh, maybe to share like a piece of advice or I, uh, not that you haven't already done that this whole podcast, um, maybe a piece of advice or just some kind of, uh, of thought that you would want to share with the audience uh, before we kind of wrap up this, uh, this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my favorite things to do is I love watching documentaries and reading autobiographies. And honestly, if you were to study the trajectory of every person you admire, it would put a lot of things in perspective, right? I mean, Ooh. it's just, it's, I, I really, and it, it's not to necessarily compare yourselves to them, but I really feel like it will open you up to what's possible for you. Um, some of the roadblocks that may happen to you, um, but the idea of that, of the, but it'll nurse the idea that you literally can design your life the way that you want to, you know, like, I just don't, I just don't think that there's, man, like when I see someone who has yet to pursue that thing that they want, that adventure, that trip, that dream, that guy they have a crush on, whatever, it's like, oh man, the world is so full of possibility. And because I'm so ridiculously obsessed with diving into these stories like that 
possibility lives inside me. And yeah. so I would say if you are, if you really do feel like you're lost or stuck, um, spend some time reading the uh, success stories of other people and not just like the highs, like dive deep into their younger years and their lows and um, when they were down and out. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I'm like writing down, I need to read Trent Reznor's, uh, no, uh, that's, that's awesome. And I think that's a, a really good place to start for some people, right? Like find yeah. somebody that you admire and figure out mm-hmm. at least a version of what they had to do. Right? It gives you ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, exactly. it always cracks. It always cracks me up because it almost feels like a gimmick sometimes when I, when I hear it or think about it, but the rock he yeah. <laughs> he he literally started a is it a production company that he it's like a seven dollar productions or whatever yeah yeah and he seven always, bucks or something like that with his ex-wife yeah because he, he always talks about how he at one point in time seven dollars in his pocket or something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he was like and even then he's like i knew this is what i was gonna do and uh you don't have to do it the same way the rock did it but like, no you don't but, but, but he has a story to tell that you go like he literally was like hey i came from nothing and he was down to seven dollars do you have seven dollars yeah like you know what i mean you look at the same yeah. starting point you know what i mean like it's i'm like i only have six uh, <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never be the rock i only have six dollars dang it oh man um, yeah but you get but ideas I, like the gentleman that you brought forward from that band who worked as a janitor to get in the building. Yeah. Like when you read stories like that, it has to give you some sort of itch. You know what I mean? Like, it okay, how is the fire? How, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, how is this applicable to where I'm at and what I want to do? What is my version of being the janitor? Right. And yeah. and now, like, I, I talk to people that are successful. Mm-hmm. They've developed a career, right? Mm-hmm. Um Okay, I'll, I'll give you one. I'm not going to give names or anything, but um, so he's a Marine, started out as enlisted, became an officer. He's doing his thing. He's, you know, developed a family. He has a career putting the pieces together. And he was like, yeah, I, I DoorDash. I was like, what do you mean you DoorDash? He's like, yeah. He's like, you get in your car, you sign up for it and you DoorDash. He's mm-hmm. like, you can make $400 in a weekend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do you need to DoorDash? She's like, because I'm trying to accrue as much money as I can to go towards the the dream, the gold or whatever, mm-hmm. right? My investments, yeah. my whatever it is. And, and I took a second because I kind of felt stupid where I was like, I look at this guy and I go, man, you, you've got it. You're doing it. Yeah. You put the pieces together. You're, you're, you're living the life that you, you created. Good job. And he's like, I'm not done yet. I'm hustling with DoorDash too, because like, yeah. why not? like it's why not part of the opportunity yeah there's so much money and, in this world to go around yeah and we, like there's an abundance gotta fi- you just gotta mm-hmm. figure out how to get it and, and I, I just cracked up because instead of being like why are you doing that I went oh my god I am not done yet like I need to step <laughs> up my game like I I'm holding back uh yeah any, anyway shout out to no name if he ever hears this <laughs> to he, he knows who he is yeah he, he knows it. who he is I love it. Well, hey, uh, I did want to say thank you for for being on our show. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Great. Yeah, <laughs> you're uh, welcome. It it has been super great. Um, so that was just part one. We're now starting part two. Just kidding, just <laughs> kidding. But Megan, uh, it is that time where it you is. start talking about the social medias. Our favorite things, uh, the good and the bad, social media. Uh, you can find us at Friends of Failure on pretty much any platform. We repost some of our videos, some of our audio, and you can find links to all of our guests too, including Pollyanna. So check that out. And we also offer anyone who's listening on audio, come see our face on YouTube, check out our channel there. And on any platform that you're on, give us a rating, give us a review, tell us what you hate, what you love just completely grill us give us the comedy central roast the whole oh, thing that's gonna get dark <laughs> offer it up <laughs> uh and then our favorite part we ask for you to send in your failure stories kind of like we talked about today it's great to hear other people's perspectives their path to get to where they needed to go so you can send those into friends of failure podcast at gmail.com or you can leave a lovely voicemail at 916 Three zero four three three four five.
Awesome. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, of course, our favorite final thought of every episode uh, is always remember that life is happening for you, not to you. So go out there and fail. Shazam. We did it. Shazam. (laughs) If it's not I'm stronger than you, it's I'm wiser than you, I'm more loving than you, I'm more tolerant than you, I'm more sophisticated than you. It doesn't matter what it is, but this constant competition is going on. You can't make a mistake.